Welcome everybody to Bucky's Fifth Podcast, the new audio home for discussion, analysis, and more for your Wisconsin athletics. This is Jay Kokorowski, reporter, editor of Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys check us out on Twitter at B5Q, me at JayCocoB5Q. This is our first show, our first installment of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Why the why our fifth podcast, you ask? Well, it's just, you know, well, let's not talk about the other four, right? Uh, I'm kidding, of course, uh, as we'll still have the Kabasa King Sports Extravaganza and, uh, you know, bringing to you every week talking about Wisconsin sports teams based. This is going to be the first truly like Badger centric podcast we're hoping to encapsulate football, basketball, hockey, volleyball, soccer uh, when we have the opportunity to. So it's going to be a great time and thank you all for taking your times out we had about 165 responses for our survey about what you want and it's going to be you know, this is our training wheels now we're going to have a little bit of fun seeing uh yeah each week it's going to be a little different obviously depending on what's happening with basketball what's happening with football recruiting uh, and, and you know volleyball women's hockey men's hockey uh, and more so bear with us this is going to be some fun though and we're going to kick this off start it off hot we are going to talk about, you know, with right now the Wisconsin Badgers are entering pretty much their first phase of the 2018 season with winter conditioning. You guys saw our article on Bucky's fifth quarter, the the hype video, the pictures on Instagram from Wisconsin's official Twitter and Instagram accounts of nobody cares, work harder is their motto as they head in after a successful 13 win season. During the 2017 season for Paul Christ and, you know, coming in pretty much within a drive of making the college football playoff. And you can tell the players are motivated. They're all wearing those shirts that are made by Under Armour. So uh, bear with us. We'll hopefully on Bucky's fifth quarter send out, you know, every couple of days uh, some highlight videos, whatever Wisconsin puts out. Uh, we can see that because we don't have access to the players during this time. Uh, but what is available right now is are the college football all-star games. And you saw Austin Ramish play in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, last Saturday, on that Saturday as well, across the nation while the Collegiate Bowl was in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. The East-West Shrine game and in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, I believe it was at Tropicana uh, Field, uh, where the Tampa Bay Devil Rays play. You saw three Badgers make their presence known. You had Alec James at defensive end, you had Leon Jacobs at linebacker, and you had uh, Natrell Jamerson, who won defensive MVP honors uh, for his play. He had a 68-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown, which came against JT Barrett. And I know a couple people mentioned uh, when we did an article last Saturday about it that they, uh, well, what would, what would have happened if that happened during the Big Ten championship game, which uh, I know many fans probably are wondering, why, you know, what if, right? Uh, anyways, uh, they were down at that. Those four were at those uh, college all-star games. This week, you have the Reese's Senior Bowl and Troy Fumagalli, tight end, All-American Big, you know, uh, all Big Ten player, along with Garrett Dooley, uh, outside linebacker. They are down in Mobile, Alabama. And guess what? So is our Owen Reese. I'm going to break now, take you to what Owen had said. We just recorded this just a little bit earlier tonight on Wednesday night, Wednesday evening. And also, you'll have with us, we really are fortunate to have him on, Trevor Sikama from Pewter Report. Another man who got a chance to see both Natrell Jamerson, Leon Jacobs, and Alec James uh, down in Tampa, but now they're both in Mobile 
and, and checking out a bunch of prospects and it's a really fascinating uh, time right now and so without further ado i'll stop wasting your time here's our conversation about uh it's draft twitter at its best it is senior bowl east west shrine game talk with owen reese and trevor sycama welcome back to bucky's fifth podcast this is jay kokorowski reporter editor at bucky's fifth quarter and it is though winter conditioning started up we don't get the opportunity to talk with players while they get up at five five thirty in the morning to make it to the mclean center to the workout facility at camp randall stadium so uh what else is there but there is of course the nfl draft and You've seen last week the East-West Shrine game, three former Badgers playing in it with Natrell Jamerson, Jamerson, Alec James, and Leon Jacobs. But uh, this week it's the Senior Bowl, and two more Badgers, you got Troy Fumagalli at tight end, linebacker Garrett Dooley are down in Mobile, Alabama, and so is one of our favorite correspondents. we got Owen Reese here, uh, and of course you can follow him at Reese Draft, and we also have Trevor uh, Stickema uh, from Pewter Report, and I follow him, and, and he has great content. And Trevor was down at the East-West Shrine game last week, and he's now in Mobile. Trevor and Owen, how are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing, doing great. I'm in the presence of Trevor's phenomenal hair, so we're doing good. Can we talk about well, the this, hair real quick? What, what this is it? only like a, this is only an audio podcast, though, so I don't think like it has like powers. You know what I'm saying? It'd have to we'd have to like upgrade to video for that. <laughs> no, can you describe the hair at least? Um, luscious. There you go. One luscious. word. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and you're at Pewter Report, and you know I'm, I lived down in the Florida area for a while as, as a teenager as well, so I uh, know a bunch about the Buccaneers and, and just some of the great. Can you just tell us real quick, uh, you know, just what you guys do over at the at Pewter Report? Yeah, sure. No, it's a, it's a full time website, uh, kind of like blog thing where we just cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, we are a site that gets to cover it year round because. Of, I mean, examples like this where we care a lot about the draft as well. We're not just a, a website that that reports on the team when the team is in season. We care about the draft as well. We get all kinds of uh, scoops and information and things of what the team might be doing in free agency in the draft. Uh, we're pretty plugged. We're you know, I think we're as plugged in as any any kind of outlet that would cover a team. And so this is my this is going into my second year of being with them full time. So it was a lot of fun last year getting to do that the first time around, and now. Uh, this is my, my sophomore year, if you will, here getting to cover them in the draft. So it's been fun. Excellent. And, and Trevor, too, you know, before we get into the senior bowl, you were down at the East-West Shrine yeah. game over in St. Petersburg. And, you know, three Badgers were a part of it. They had Connor Sheehy mentioned that he was on the injured report there. So mm-hmm. didn't see him on the field. But what did you see? And I know you, we talked about this before we started recording. You got to see more Leon Jacobs and more Natrell Jamerson. The latter became the defensive MVP of the game itself. But during the week of practice, what did you see out of both of those former Badgers? Yeah, so Jamerson, um, he stood out really early because I, th- I believe he had a he had an interception on the first day. And that whole West group of DBs specifically, you know, it's an all-star game is kind of weird because you've got three days to practice with coaches and players that you've never even met before. Like you don't even know these people. Like there's, you don't know if there's the chemistry is going to be there within your unit or whatever, but playing defensive back is so much about confidence and, you know, talking a little smack and having some camaraderie and being prideful and all this kinds of stuff. And, 
that West group of DBs embraced that really early, like from day one of this of the of the Shrine game. And Jamerson was one of those people that benefited from it. I think he had a ton of confidence just like right out the gate. Like I said, I think he got an interception the first day. Might have got an interception as well the second day. If not, it was a really good coverage rep that I'm remembering in my head. Um, ends up being the MVP of the game as well, like you said. And so he was really impressive. Um, I, there's it, it kind of like varies from scout to scout, team to team, how they view guys because uh, people I get you know have different preferences of what kind of you want from a safety. But in terms of like a production standpoint, having a good week, I think Jamerson was good. And then uh, for Jacobs, he was they kind of had him playing all over. I thought he was going to be more of like an edge linebacker and. They played him more like in the middle, like as a t- more of like a tackling centric guy, like funneling people to him. So I thought that was a little bit weird because I thought with his body type he was going to play edge, but he was fine in the middle. Again, he was with that West group of defensive players that I think was standing out pretty well. So uh, both of those guys, I, I would say, Jamerson had the more notable Shrine Week, but I would say both of them had good Shrine Weeks in general. And now you're looking, you know. We're- looking at Mobile, Alabama, the Senior Bowl, Reese's uh, Senior Bowl, and, you know, maybe a question for you guys both. Uh, how many Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are there down there? Are there a lot? I mean, it's sponsored by there, which seems counterintuitive because these guys are kind of go up, you know, early in the week, and they're tested for, you know, they're kind of put out in almost like a meat market with scouts evaluating hands and, and you know, just height, weight, all that stuff, but and that they have it's sponsored by a candy company. How much is there a lot of candy there? Oh, and have you seen a lot of candy at this one? Um, not a ton. Like when we were in the media day, um, they were walking around with like football helmets with the tops cut out with a bowl in the top and stuff. And oh, they had a yeah, bunch of yeah, yeah. Uh, Reese's cups and stuff, and that was all free, which is dope. But like other than that, not a ton. Um, other than seeing the like Reese's cups around. I feel like last year there was way more. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe they went too overboard. Maybe they gave us too much candy last year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with with that, though, you know, you have Fumagalli, you have Garrett Dooley, and Owen did a great job. If you get a chance to go on our YouTube page, and also Owen had a great day one update on Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com talking about Troy Fumagalli and Garrett Dooley's day, uh, first day, and that was, uh, you know, recording – this is on a Wednesday. We're looking back on Tuesday. However, you know, he also had a great job interviewing both Troy and Garrett uh, earlier that day before practices started. And make sure you guys check out those interviews exclusively on Bucky's Fifth Quarter's YouTube page and also on Facebook, on our uh, on our Facebook page there too. But Owen, you know, what if, you know, you, you and I have both covered these guys for, for a while now. Uh, we've seen them at home games, Big Ten Championship game this past year in Indianapolis that did not go Wisconsin's way. What did you, what have you seen so far through two days of practice out of both Troy uh, with the tight ends, uh, which I know if I'm not mistaken, at least one of them was injured for one of the, I think it was Brenneman for, for the, uh, for UMass, if I'm not mistaken. And then, uh, but also uh, a guy like Garrett Dooley. Uh, yeah. So uh, Troy's actually, so the injured tight ends, um, Brenneman and Goddard are on the South team. Uh, so the North team hasn't necessarily uh, been affected by that. But um, I don't know. I think the biggest thing, and we talked a, a little bit about this before we uh, went on air, is that uh, Fumagalli's game isn't predicated on speed. And I think you're seeing that pretty obviously here this week. 
Um, he just struggles to separate against quicker defenders. He's often he's he's draped. I remember uh, a rep in particular, uh, West Virginia's Kaiser White was the younger brother of the Bears receiver Kevin White. Um, just all over him, draped all over Fumagalli. And while uh, while Troy is a, is a bigger dude, um, and he has that frame, he has that power forward frame that he can use to kind of box off defenders. In these type of situations, he's not going to be more athletic than the defenders that he's going against. And um, I don't know if it's necessarily a weakness because it's not something he can control or get better at, but uh, just not suddenness is, is not uh, how Troy Fumagalli wins. And in most of the situations this week, that's kind of been exposed. Um, when he's had the opportunity, he's caught the ball. Uh, but a lot of times, like I said, with the defenders close, they're often they're in front of him or, or uh, tipping the ball away. So I think he's had some issues that way. Uh, Garrett Dooley, on the other hand, um, has performed a little better than I expected him to. Uh, he's worked, so he's listed as an outside linebacker on the roster, but has been working with the edge rushers uh, almost primarily. Today, he did some one-on-one coverage reps, um, and I actually didn't see him. I was I was still watching the um, the pass rush stuff, but uh, heard from a couple people. It they they went about how you would expect. So if it was if it was against a fullback or a tight end, he was able to stick with him. But if it was against a receiver or a quicker running back, um, it's not going to be an advantageous situation for Garrett. Uh, however, in the pass rush, he's done very well. He's shown he's drawn the uh, the the approval um, of a few analysts here. Uh, talking about how he plays with a lot of natural leverage, and that's something that Tim Tibisar, uh is, is coached into all the, the Wisconsin outside linebackers over the past few years. They all play very well um, defensive or taking on offensive linemen. You often hear about playing with your hands above your eyes, um, and that's just having a leverage standpoint. And that's something he's done very well with. Uh, and then also in the team period today, uh, I know Justice Mosqueda of setting the edge off, did, had mentioned that um, he's just a rock in the run game and made a couple plays. Uh, as a pass rusher. So um, he expects Dooley to be a riser, and I, and I see no reason to object to that. I think he's played pretty well um, and has probably made himself some money so far this week. You know, and Trevor, going back to you on this, you, you mean, I know Owen and I have covered, again, Troy and, and Garrett, you know, for for a good chunk of their career at Wisconsin. But, from an, you know, for maybe someone that hasn't has watched from afar that hasn't been on the beat like Owen and I have, what do you see out of those players? And, in terms of just uh, you know posing the question to you, you know how have they looked and, and where do you see them at the next level? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Owen obviously did a much more detailed job because he knows where those guys are coming from. But kind of this week in these first two practices, they were like I, I would just explain it like they were kind of expected. Like you said, like you if you watch Troy Fumagalli, you can like him as a prospect and still understand he's not gonna be explosive. Of it is really going to happen. I just think that he's a really good over, you know. So uh, that's kind of what we have seen this week. There's a couple Josh Allen passes that have rocketed off of his hands, but some of that's not his fault. Some of it's just Josh Allen trying to cannon the ball in there, which that's uh, you know his own things that he has to go through. But I mean, like I thought, I thought the Fumagalli is fine. I mean, it's not you know, it's certainly for a guy that you. I guess like you know the limitations of already. That's kind of what you're going to come into the Senior Bowl thinking. Like as long as their status quo, as long as you go, yeah, uh, this guy's a really solid prospect. He's catching most of the things that come his way. Uh, he's going to be a complete tight end. There you go. So like that, that's kind of how he was. I haven't watched Duel a lot uh, just because I've had to focus on some other different linebackers and pass rushers that I know the Bucks are going to be keying on. But 
I mean, from the reps that I've seen when they've been doing on eleven on eleven stuff, I I have not noticed anything glaring against him. And normally, when you play linebacker, that's a good thing, right? If you if you don't get noticed, then normally that means you're, you're doing your job. You're around the ball when the when the play ends. You're kind of making a stop. And so, uh, uh, like I said, I have not been paying particular attention to Dooley, but I can't remember a rep where I go, oh, wow, that guy just lost that rep, like, out of, like, really in the in front of my mind, and so I guess, you know, in that sense that he's he's had a solid two days as well for me. Excellent, and, you know, we're here with Owen Reese from Bucky's Fifth Court. You can also, of course, see his work on Acme Packing Company and Inside the Pylon. We also have Trevor Sikama uh, from Pewter Report, and they're down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, and after they're done, hopefully they get a chance to relax a little bit after taking in so many uh, hours of practice for both the North and the South at the, the Reese, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl, uh, which will take place this weekend, obviously. And, you know, and, and you know, Trevor, you, you talked about the quarterbacks and Josh Allen and, and you know, kind of going with the quarterbacks. You know, Owen, what have you seen uh, you know, in your time, and, and Trevor, we'll get your opinion on this uh, next too. Just what have you seen out of the quarterbacks? Where you know, I'm seeing the reports of of, of good and bad with 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 Josh Allen, but also you know you have um, you Baker Mayfield and, and among others uh, down there. What are you seeing out of the quarterbacks, Owen? Um, I think you're starting to see Baker sort of uh, pull away. Um, like I said, in full disclosure, I watched the Fat Kids. Um, I, I, I catch the quarterbacks when I can, but I, I primarily focus on the linemen. So from what I've seen, um, I think Baker Mayfield starting to definitely assert himself as the most consistent quarterback, uh, especially on the North roster and probably um, overall. Uh, Josh Allen had two gorgeous throws today in one-on-ones that are, that are dropping the bucket throws from 50 yards away. And, and those are the things that, you're, that you see, um, and you see this guy who's this big physically imposing power forward looking athlete um and and you're like wow he can do that uh do those things at that size and you can say wow this kid's a good athlete too i can definitely see how this kid could be successful um but a lot of inaccuracy and a lot of inconsistency is what is what plagues alan and um that's that's carried true uh through this week a lot of times you'll see especially trevor and i have mostly been sitting uh during a lot of the practice in the at the end zone so you're really able to see what the quarterback sees uh, and where he's going for it, and a lot of times he's going to the right place, um, but he seems almost at times to be more concerned with uh, throwing the ball as hard as he can to really show uh, scouts how impressive his arm is, and that's not uh, always um, in the best result for the, the pass. A lot of them are pretty errant, and uh, and quite frankly, they're kind of inexcusable uh, for what he is, but um, he is an extremely raw prospect, and that's kind of what you expect. Uh, Kyle Lawletta from Richmond has looked pretty good in the other group, um, and um, also a little impressed by uh, Brandon Silvers from Troy, who um, Jake actually covered a game when Silvers played in Madison a couple years ago. So, um, oh, yeah. other than that, he—I uh, don't know—the quarterbacks have been uh, kind of as expected. Baker and, and Josh have taken a lot of the, the headlines, but um, I think if you ask anyone coming in, I think those two are head and shoulders above the rest with Mason Rudolph. Uh, withdrawing from the game and practice due to an injury. So um, I think those two have, have played the part, uh, and they've really kind of showed what each other, um, what their true self is as a player, uh, at least in these first couple of days. And um, things have kind of gone as expected, I think. They, they're sorting themselves out as was anticipated. 
And Trevor, in turn, what have you seen from your point of view, especially even like looking at like a guy like Tanner Lee from Nebraska, who, uh, you know, goes off and and not going to stay for that for his last year at Nebraska. What have you seen out of him and uh, and you know others maybe like Luke Falk or, or when you've had a chance to you know when you're not focused in on those you know on those defenders that you're looking at from, you know from your point vantage point that the Buccaneers could look at. Yeah, I think I think Baker Mayfield is clearly the top guy. I think Josh Allen is clearly number two. Um, I'd probably say that like Tanner Lee could be number three. Uh, there was a pass uh, on the first day where he just threw like a 50-yard dime to somebody down the sideline, and it was a beautiful throw. But then, you know, he goes back and throws an interception like two plays later. And so, like, that's kind of just like the quarterback class. I think that Tanner Lee is probably like in that conversation for like the third best quarterback here. Kyle Lallette is another guy who might be in that conversation. Luke Falk kind of is what he is. He hikes the ball. He looks up the middle. If the tight end's going on the scene or, or seam or the slot receiver is going up the seam and they're open, he'll hit it. If not, it's an immediate check down. It's something to a running back. It's something to a guy in the flats, whatever. And so, I mean, Luke Falk is just is so limited in what his ceiling is. I'm just not very high on him. And then the other kind of quarterbacks, you know, Kirk Van Kirk, uh, uh, Kyle White, I'm just, you know, I, they're fine, but it's not like either of those – None of the rest of those guys have really like stood out to me in any way. I'd, I'd like to interject if I can. Uh, for the people yes, that sir. like, for the people that like Josh Allen, uh, you're going to like Tanner Lee, uh, and that's something I find kind of uh, kind of interesting. Is that um, Allen gets all the hype because of the mock drafts and, the, and big media uh, kind of touting him as this athletic freak with this rocket arm. Um, but as people, uh, especially Badger fans, that are listening to this, if you remember back to that Nebraska game. Uh, Tanner Lee threw an interception for a touchdown very early in the game. Uh, that wasn't his fault. Uh, he threw a ball, went right off of the running back's helmet on a swing route because um, he didn't catch it and was returned for a touchdown. Other than that, Tanner Lee was pretty impressive against the Badgers um, and especially against the defense at the time, which many people um, thought to be one of the better ones in the country uh, and and really hadn't been tested that, to that point. Um, so I think Tanner Lee is, is kind of a – kind of an overlooked figure in this class. I think he's pretty – and then Trevor can probably attest to this a little more than I can, but um, Tanner Lee is very similar skill-wise to Josh Allen, and I think probably um, if you switch their numbers, not many people would know the difference. So I think that's kind of uh, an interesting thing that Lee is such an afterthought um, playing with Mayfield and Allen when really Lee probably has outplayed Josh Allen to this point. I don't know. I don't- I don't know if I would say that he's outplayed Allen, but like I definitely get the point to like they're basically kind of the same dude. Like I, like for the longest time, I thought that fifty-yard dime down the field was Allen, and it was it was actually Tanner Lee who threw it. So, um, <laughs> so I definitely get you there. That is interesting. Uh, I love the analysis from you guys here. Wow, a couple more questions for you guys before. Uh, I'll let you guys be for the evening uh, and recoup before uh, tomorrow's uh, practice. Uh, any, any, I would say sleepers. I'll end this. I'll end it on this question for you guys, uh, and I'll start with Owen first. Uh, Owen, have you seen? What are your sleepers out of this team? You know, out of this, uh, these teams, uh, this class of players at the Senior Bowl. When, at what positions uh, have they stood out? Uh, so I'll probably do one from each team. Uh, for the North team. I'm definitely going to go with the. I might steal this from Trevor, but the uh, the Division Two lineman uh, Nathan Shepard from Fort Hayes State uh, knew zero things about this uh, about this player before I got here. Uh, other than that, he played a, a lower level of competition than any other 
uh, defensive lineman on that team and has consistently looked like the best defensive lineman on that team, um, outperforming two, uh, two going to be drafted guys from North Carolina State and the two pass rushers from Ohio State. So um, I've been really impressed with Shepard. And then uh, on the South team, I'm probably going to go as an offensive lineman named Colby Gossett from Appalachian State, who, again, I knew zero things about. Um, and other than the practice I've seen, still know zero things about. Um, but he's, he's, he was a tackle in college, and he's playing guard here. Uh, and he's been really good. Um, probably other than the Alabama center, he's probably been the best offensive lineman in the South group and um, outperforming a lot of guys that have a lot more name recognition than he did. So those are probably my two, the D lineman, the D2 D lineman for the North, and then uh, Colby Gossett, the uh, guard uh, from Appalachian State for the South. Trevor, what about you? My two, I will say UCF linebacker Shaq Griffin, because he's the he's the linebacker as one hand from UCF. Um, it was reported that he didn't get invited to the combine, and people think that he's going to go undrafted, obviously because he has one hand. But like, he's the best linebacker here, like no oh. question. So, um, not sure why he wasn't invited to the combine. Hopefully, they remedy that. And, and then the other guy, guess a uh, wide receiver from Penn State. He's not really a sleeper, but Deshaun Hamilton. Like I think he's a really good slot receiver, and I think he's proven that the last two days. He was at the Shrine game too, and I really was not impressed with him. And this week, I'm a lot more impressed with what he's been able to do. He is explosive as a route runner, and I think he's going to make a great slot receiver in the NFL. Excellent, guys. I really appreciate your your time here. Please enjoy the evening, and please enjoy that nice warm weather that is there in Mobile, Alabama, as it's, uh, we just received some freezing rain a couple of days ago, and it's, uh, it's supposed to get up to near 40, which I think, or near, I think 40, 45 coming up, so we're excited, but it's nowhere near probably as nice as it is down there by you guys. You know what, someone's got to slave away in this, uh, this warm weather and the palm trees, and I'm just a really nice guy, because I'm doing <laughs> it, and uh, y'all are getting snow, but someone has to do it, and I guess I'll do it. Big thanks to Trevor uh, Sikama and uh, from Pewter Report. Find him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. It's T-R-E at the end there. Uh, like I said, Trevor did a great job at Pewter Report. Make sure you guys continue to follow him there for all, all draft needs, uh, especially if you're a Buccaneers fan. Uh, but I've always felt and really enjoyed his his draft analysis, especially his breakdowns of these all-star games. And, of course, big thanks to Owen Reese, Bucky's fifth quarter, Acme Packing Company, inside the pylon and you know follow him at reese r-i-e-s-e draft all one word same thing with tampa bay trey all one no uh you know don't have to worry about any underlines or any any spaces like that so you're good on that note so uh before we let you guys go i got a couple more just quick tidbits uh, a little bit of quick hitters if you will we'll, we'll come up with a name for this but you guys wanted uh just some quick recaps analysis Basketball-wise, uh, I know many people don't want to dwell on this, but Wisconsin lost 85-67 to Iowa on the road at uh, Car- you know Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City on Tuesday night. Uh, bad effort, allowing Iowa to shoot over 50% of the game, especially in the second half. Uh, some bad defensive lapses. Ethan Happ fouled out, had four turnovers, did have 21 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists, but you could tell there's frustration. Uh, there in the redshirt junior, but you also have others along the lines of, uh, you know, 
Khalil Iverson played well, uh, you know, scoring 17 points, but you know, a lot, 13 of those came in the first half, and they shut down. One only went one of eight from the field in that the final 20 minutes. Uh, Charles Charles Thomas stepped up at times, though defense may be a little shaky here and there. Uh, you know, 10 points, five rebounds uh, in the loss, and it's it, you know it's going to be a struggle this year. I mean, you look at the the guard play was rough. When you had uh, you look at the likes of, of Brevin Pritzel and Brad Davidson, which I mean, it's it's hard just to maybe get or yeah, it's hard to, in my opinion, talk about you know trying to critique a kid that is playing with one arm like Brad Davidson. I mean, he did not shoot well. Uh, they, you know, him and Brevin Pritzel combined for only 11 points on four of 18 shooting. That included three of t- for 12 from three point range. So that's a very rough a rough outing there. It's hard for me to criticize a true freshman like that in Davison, who's really putting in all the effort and really only playing with one arm. And uh, but it, it, not a good night for the guards. Obviously, whenever Demetric Trice does come back, if he comes back this season, uh, it will be a boost so he can play off guard. And you hope for more stability out of the ball handling position because because both him and Hap have been dealing with turnover problems. Uh, and Wisconsin, I believe, had ten of them, and I think. Both Happ and Davison combined for seven of those ten. So, uh, looking ahead, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, it's because a rough loss, and now they have to go play Michigan State on Friday, which will be interesting. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Obviously, for a game recap, I'll be live tweeting from the Bucky's Fifth Quarter account. Make sure you can follow me at, uh, at B5Q. Follow us at B5Q. Follow me at Coco K-O-C-O-B5Q. And, you know, we're going to end with some recruiting. Uh, and I know people want to talk about this. We spread your survey responses. We're going to come up with some names for recruiting. Uh, but this is talk about, the, you know, this week in particular. You know, Wisconsin has been offering uh, commits for the 2019 and 2020 class because we're already talking about that. Uh, four-star defensive end Marcus Stripling from Houston announced that he received an offer via Twitter. Uh, this is a kid that uh, one of the best in the nation, probably top 100 kid uh, defensive end. Already has the likes of like Florida, Georgia, Bama, uh, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, uh, you know, with offers, and that's according to 24/7 Sports. Uh, and you'll hear about that too. Uh, anytime you talk about these offers, we will talk about them in uh, reference to either rivals or 24/7 Sports. Uh, defensive tackle Joshua Harris out of North Carolina has offers. For, you know, high three uh, three star Striplin is a uh, a four star recruit. Harris is, high, from what looks like, a high three according to both rivals and 24-7 sports and according to 24-7 sports, NC State, Duke, Penn State, Tennessee, Georgia, Maryland, Virginia Tech. So uh, some heavyweights in the ACC. And also, you know, the Big Ten with, with Penn State offering. Uh, Jeff, but then, you know, uh, Jefferson, Georgia, tight end, uh, Garmon, Randolph, 6'6 kid according to those recruiting services. So big, tall kid. He just tweeted along, you know, earlier, uh, you know, just received an offer this morning from Michigan, but he tweeted yesterday that he received an offer from Wisconsin. Uh, according to 24-7-2, you have likes of, uh, you know, some uh, some SEC schools uh, going for him, and he seems like an intriguing target. You watch the huddle highlights. Again, uh, Wisconsin has this, uh, you know, um, they have definitely their work cut out for them. I will also say, just looking at this, that this uh, uh, just t- tonight on Wednesday night, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas cornerback Samar Melvin, three-star kid out of uh, the Florida area, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, if you guys know her about that, it's where James White, Connor O'Neill, Des Southward, Dante Carrier-Williams, 
all of them it's not a pipeline right now i would say uh just because you know it's not like it was where you had connor o'neill and des southward and james white all coming around those times for for wisconsin uh back uh you know a few years ago but uh you know it's still a powerhouse in florida and three-star kid looks like you know depending on who you look at with rivals there's 24 7 sports between 5 11 6 foot has offers this is according to 24 7 sports uh you know gosh uh you know oklahoma he just tweeted out this this evening uh kentucky virginia tech boston college cincinnati louisville mississippi state the one interesting part and evan flood from 24 7 sports noted this uh is that uh, you know the coaching staff there uh at st thomas aquinas has a former badger in its coat of coaching them and it is a uh very uh it's interesting there uh, because it's Devin Galden, the former cornerback. And so it bears watching how, who will really, you know, uh, how that rolls from here and, and how uh, you're looking at what you're looking at with that. Uh, it, you know, if, if there's an influence there, uh, he is the defensive backs coach at St. Thomas Aquinas. I just looked that up. So, yeah, there's that connection there. And, and credit to Evan Flood for, for making that public too. So, uh, it, you know, this it never stops. Uh, and we'll also see what happens in the 2018 class, and hopefully we'll have more stories about that uh, coming up towards National Signing Day, which is, I mean, it's coming up sooner than, I mean, it's coming up next week. It's it's the, if I'm not mistaken, it is the 1st of February. No, it'll be the 7th of February. I'm sorry, because the 1st is on Thursday. So, yeah, February 7th. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, we'll, if anyone does sign with Wisconsin, we'll let you know. Uh, and, and, you know, more details there. 2020 quarterbacks from Georgia. Uh, one uh, NFL, you know, a former, son of a former NFL quarterback, uh, Brad Johnson, which is also the name of my father-in-law. He, you know, uh, Max, not, he is, my wife is not the daughter, by the way, of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. It is just of, uh, of southeastern Wisconsin native Brad Johnson. Uh, but Max Johnson, the Southpaw out of Georgia, uh, has offers from the likes of Florida State, uh, Miami, Georgia, LSU. That's according to 24 7 Sports. Uh, kid is a Southpaw, has an arm, has a gun there. And it's really, uh, that it, as a sophomore, you can see the talent there. And he tweeted out earlier this week. And then a day later, uh, you know, John Budmeyer, Budmeyer quarterbacks coach, is obviously. Wheeling and dealing here, trying to find, you know, you have that four-star in the 2019 class in Graham Mertz, uh, who's just picked up offers from Ohio State, the likes of Michigan, uh, Ole Miss. I believe he just picked up one uh, today from Missouri. Uh, and that's, that'll be one to watch, an interesting recruitment there, the process there for, for the talented kid from Kansas. But for 2020, uh, they also just offered Harrison Bailey, a four-star kid, uh, Judging from what you see on rivals, twenty four seven, Bama, Florida, Georgia, Florida State, both Michigan State, both Michigan, I should say, and Ohio State, among others. So it is a you know keep tuned with Bucky's fifth quarter. We're gonna try to keep up as best as we can with these offers, and it's it's a big deal, obviously. And trying to you see the establishment of the future of this program, and it is in good hands. You take a look at that 2019 class. There's five commits, and that you have you know five you know three of them right now four stars according to 24 7 sports so it's only uh you see how they grow and, and we'll see what paul chris and his staff can do and, and continuing to build uh off of what they've done in 2017 and in what they're doing with these the classes since he's come 
back to Madison as the head coach of Wisconsin. So on that note, though, I'm going to let you guys go. Feel free to leave feedback. We're going to put this up hopefully by tonight or early tomorrow, uh, which would be Thursday. Please give us feedback. We, uh, I'm hoping to have a co-host on this show too. Uh, but big thanks again to Trevor uh, Sycama from Pewter Report. Big thanks to Owen Reese from Bucky's Fifth Quarter Acme Packing Company inside the pylon. This has been Jay Kokorowski uh, for Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure, of course, follow us on Twitter at B5Q, at Koko K-O-C-O-B-5-Q. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week, of course, on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.